0: back to Skeptics and Seekers. Uh, I'm Dale, representing the Christian or Seeker side. And I'm David the Skeptic. Excellent. And today uh, we're going back to our no uh, our usual format uh, with uh, David here, and we're going to be discussing part two of my argument from Messianic prophecies. Um, so if you remember last time, a couple weeks back, um, me and David discussed um, the Virgin Birth prophecy in Isaiah. Chapter hey, excuse
1: 17. me. Before you get
0: into that, you know, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's an announcement or two. Look, I we're look rusty. Say. We haven't done this in a little bit. <laughs> so. All right, let, let me make a first announcement about, if you don't mind. So, I, I've been promising for so long um, that I would that I I was able to uh, bring on a couple of Christian bigwigs. So I know that David already made the announcement in terms of Gary Habermas. So um yeah I'll, I'll let uh, David explain that but the other mystery guest uh, who's also agreed to come on our show uh, in large part uh, due to the way we respectfully treated Barry Schwartz uh, during the interview with Andrew and David so so kudos to you guys uh it's gonna be Mike lacona Woohoo! yeah (laughs) i I can't wait for those shows it's going to be awesome uh these these guys were very helpful to me in in coming uh to faith um and you know dealing you know dealing with arguments and and answering my questions over the past few years um okay perfect um so um because it's been a couple it's been a couple weeks since i wrote this so i have kind of lost track a little bit both david and i have sort of forgotten what um what we wanted to say when we were fully prepared. So I've forgotten more than you ever knew. Yep. Uh, so so like I that. would I uh, <laughs> strongly recommend that uh, everyone read the blogs, you know, see, see what we have to say because I've given, uh, in the first part, I wanted to sort of re-clarify my argument because I promised Sarah, Brian, and Darren that I would answer some of their questions. Um, so, here, here's the one that I can remember, um, but the, the others will be answered in uh, re-clarifying the argument. So some some people have said, look, claims are 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 fine, right? Like anyone can make claims. I, I can claim to have been virgin born or, or that sort of thing. Um, so that my circumstantial argument um, from Messianic prophecies is totally invalid. But um, David gave a response. So it's not just unqualified claims that I'm talking about. I'm talking about Unfalsified claims. Um, so again, that's pretty easy, but there is that qualifier there. Um, you know, I can falsify that I'm that I was virgin born, um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, just the argument hinges on unfalsified. Claims. How can you falsify that you were virgin born? I have witnesses. eyewitnesses witnesses uh, testimony that my mom was not a virgin when I was conceived.
1: Okay. I mean, people lie.
0: People <laughs> lie about That's this evident- stuff. I'm just saying. What? <laughs> people lie about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's still evidence on a balance of probabilities, I would say. I mean, on okay, a uh, well, balance of probabilities, there's no such thing as virgin birth.
1: So if you're going with a balance of probabilities, um, you, you lose already. So, you know, if you're, if you're allowing a miracle into it, I mean, you could have been miracled.
0: Yeah, but then my mom is an eyewitness saying, look, I wasn't a virgin at the time. Well, maybe she has her reasons to not tell you the truth about that. Okay, yeah, so then you have to go with the evidence of, do you believe her eyewitness testimony or not? Is she no. incredible? No, I Sorry. do not. I believe that you were the product of a virgin birth. Okay, great. Thank no. you very much. Um, I'm, <laughs> saying fal- I'm saying it's falsified. Okay. Uh, but- <laughs> And uh, yeah, so, anyways, the the point is the point that David's raising. Sure, there could be other people where it can't be falsified if they're making claims. I am not. I don't claim to be the Messiah. I don't claim that I was virgin born. So, um, yeah, I had a, a witty thing in here about my own story. So, so for example, with the Isaiah seven fourteen thing. So I'm I'm happy to go with even David's qualifier. Um, of it doesn't even have to be supernatural, but it's a momentous event accompanying this birth. I would, I could not make a claim to this, um, or it would be falsified. The, the only thing that happened when I was born is uh, my dad got so nervous, he put his underwear on backwards instead of frontwards. I, I don't think that's the momentous sign that Isaiah had in mind. Um, so I, I hope that sort of clarifies a little bit as to what the argument is I also jumping in again I just want to push back on that too because
1: I don't think that we can know and I think I made this point the last time but I I don't think that we can know what someone thought a momentous sign would be I mean you may not think of it as a momentous sign but uh, but they might I mean you know they might say well you know put his underwear on every day of his life forward, and this time he put it on backwards. That's a momentous sign. You okay. have no idea.
0: Okay, so here, here's the point, though. It's it's a momentous sign for the people uh, that the Messiah would come to. So that's relative to the time at which it comes. Maybe things that were momentous to them, it would have signified to them that this is the Messiah. That's great. Things that we don't think are momentous today Likewise, if the Messiah is coming today, because I haven't specified the time yet, if he's coming today, then the momentous sign would have to take something that would be momentous for us today. Some kind of supernatural thing. So it's okay. relative but if to if But if
1: your momentous sign is something like the virgin birth, uh, they didn't know about the virgin birth then. I mean, the virgin birth is... Something that generations later talked about but at the time nobody was buzzing around about a version birth It seems like Paul didn't even know about a version birth So even later than that. So if you're if you're thinking the version birth is the momentous sign that doesn't qualify either
0: Well, first of all, that's not true, but um, that's that's not I don't need to prove anything, right? I'm just saying that you are, there are these unfalsified claims. Can you prove? Jesus made a claim. The Jesus of Christianity is claimed to have been born of a virgin. Um, King Herod knew all about that, sent the innocents, and that sort of thing. And that claim is unfalsified. I don't Um,
1: think that King Herod knew that Jesus was supposedly born of a virgin. In fact, I don't know that there's anything in the Bible that suggests that anyone knew that
0: outside of Mary. Can you prove that Jesus was not born of a virgin?
1: No, but I can't. But you can't prove that any. But you can't prove that anyone. Knew of this version story, and what I'm saying is for your for that to be a part of your momentous sign thing, that would have had to be pretty broadly known. You know, if Jesus' birth was a part of the momentous sign that was supposed to mean something to the people at the time, then the people at the time would have had to know about it,
0: and they didn't. Yep, and they did. the The Bible says they knew about it. People knew about it. So it was a sign to the house of David. It came. It came through in Jews who knew about it. Who, who knew Lots about the version of birth? All the shepherds. Did the um, shepherds know that it was a
1: virgin birth, or did they look, just they, know it
0: was they, a birth? They knew there was a momentous birth, and King Herod knew that, too. That's why he goes and slaughters the innocents.
1: Okay, maybe, but none of
0: that was a virgin birth. They were saying right. a new king so was moment- born. My argument is that it's a momentous birth, right? Remember I said I can't Okay, so birth, what
1: was momentous but- about it for them? This is, you, you keep saying that it's, it's momentous, what was momentous about the birth of the Jesus Messiah. that
0: anybody knew about? They knew that God—it was a supernatural sign. There was the star of Bethlehem, and the Messiah was being born as the royal king.
1: Okay, I, I will give you the star. Okay, uh, I would—I would say that um, the star might qualify. I would—I would question why so people, so few people, knew about the star. But, uh, you know, okay. that seems like a, a silly story uh, plot line to me, but I would give you that. I would not give you the Virgin Birth because nobody knew about the Virgin Birth.
0: Okay, cool. All I need is the star. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fine. Um, so so let's then move all on. all I need to attack
1: is the star, Just, just so that we're establishing future lines here. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, we're not going back to the Virgin Birth, right? I've got my next. Sure. Well,
1: I mean, we've got three more, we've got three more episodes of this show to go. So yeah, I'm just, I'm laying down some groundwork that, uh, your version birth, uh, nonsense is not going to fly. So if you, if you plan to go back to that, it's going to be a dead end. If you don't plan to go to that, that's fine. But anyone listening, you had better have something better than the version birth. If you want to, uh, interact with me in context, uh, in the, in the comments. Um, that cannot be the momentous sign, and that is the thing that most Christians say was
0: the sign. So, well, no, it, it could be the sign, you can't rule that out. Can you can you falsify that the virgin birth happened and that was no, seen as a momentous can, sign? But, but I
1: can lied. falsify that that people didn't broadly know about it, and therefore it couldn't have been a momentous sign. So, at any rate, I don't want to get too stuck there, but because um, you um, look, you've mentioned the virgin birth before here, and I wanted to just dig in a claim. That's that's not going to work for the momentous sign. And in fact, hopefully what some of this pushback will allow the listener to recognize is just how slippery this criteria of momentous sign really is in terms of prophecy. Because that's the kind of language that fills all prophecy. Oh, it's going to be momentous. Well, you know what? That could be anything. And so we don't really have... Well, 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 no, it really almost can. (laughs) So we we don't have a prophecy point just by saying, ah, they said it was a momentous sign, because you can post-hoc rationalize anything after the fact and say, oh, that was momentous. You have no idea what they were talking about. It was very vague and very spooky, and then you you get a thing, and then you post-hoc rationalize it as the momentous sign.
0: Okay, so that... Yeah. So the House of David—it was a momentous sign because Jews knew about it. This, the no, you can't falsify that, right? And this is what the House of David is. It's a representation of the nation of Israel as a whole. So that's how I would establish that. Yeah. That that the momentous part is rather broad. So so let's try and narrow it down a little bit more. So the the first uh, prophecy in this part uh, is rather straightforward. Um, uh, nobody really denies. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 31 to 34. Um, so can, can we,
1: needed? can I, yeah, can I ask you to hold that one back and make your next point? Because I want to, I want to live in Jeremiah for a while. And uh, if you've got some other points uh, that make, that could make sense before, I'd like to come back to Jeremiah.
0: Because okay. we both want to use Jeremiah. Okay, so the the other one is not going to get a full defense here, but it's Isaiah forty nine verse six, and this is that the Messiah will be serve as a light to the Gentiles, um, and should be should represent God's salvation to the ends of the earth. Um, so. Yep, Jesus. Uh, check. Jesus was a light to the Gentiles, and is continues to be a light of the Gentiles, and is bringing salvation to the ends of the earth.
1: Okay, let me
0: let me um, let me question that. A light. What do you mean by a light to the Gentiles? He's bringing self, God's word to them, and self, and they're being saved. Um, so did Mahatma Gandhi. bring the light to the, okay so there are other people but it, this is supposed to be a Jewish Sorry, Martin Luther person, King right
1: if, if you read well I'm, I'm just I'm just saying this whole he brought light to the Gentiles this is extremely poetic language um, and extremely nonspecific uh, sure. I, I I don't even know what you mean by he brought light to the Gentiles let alone what the original writer meant by it.
0: That well, seems pretty.
1: It seems obvious look, if you come from a Christian context, Gent- no, you no, can't no, you it... can't use your Christian context to say that it's obvious. Well, it, sure. it wasn't even obvious to the
0: Jews who read it. I don't I don't see how it's obvious to you. Okay, so look, it's you are bringing. It was actually obvious to the Jews. Um, they are bringing a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation, and bring my salvation to the ends of the earth okay but the jews so thought that, that they were like, doing that they would thought they were doing that long before okay. jesus yeah and that's the count that's the counter response that i'm not going to be able to get into because i want to save that for isaiah 53 okay. jews will interpret jews will interpret this as look the servant that they're talking about isn't a person it's the nation of israel or it's a righteous remnant within israel and that's who's going to bring the light to the Gentiles. Um, there, so, there are also... Let me, let me just kind of get this is very frustrating. So this is this is an argument that I'm not going to be able to make now.
1: We'll have to wait for next week to make this argument. But the fact of the matter is, it, take the prophecy out of it for a moment. The Jews thought that they were a light to the Gentiles anyway, long before this. When uh, Moses first... Um, brought the word that uh, you know you you will be a nation of priests. They they thought that they were alike to the Gentiles. So this wasn't this wasn't something new that came with this prophecy. Uh, and so to then look at this and say, ah oh, well, this clearly means Jesus. No, it didn't. Uh, J- Jews would have not would not have read it that way because they have been, uh, as far as they're concerned, a nation of priests to the nations. Since their beginning,
0: so no, that's that's not true. Did did Jews believe that salvation had been brought to the ends of the earth at the time of this prophecy?
1: Well, I think that they thought it was part of their uh, mission to do so. It it was part of, and so yeah, it doesn't matter. Whether it had been completed, and I think that we're going to get into that with the Jeremiah uh, conversation, whether it had com- been completed is irrelevant. Whether it had it had been started through them is what's relevant, and that's how they would have seen it.
0: Okay. Um, but by the same token, gee, so that's why I need to, next time we do this, when we're getting into hardcore Isaiah 53, we'll find out if it is actually talking about the Messiah versus... The nation of Kohanim, which is Hebrew for priests. Um, so, okay, yep, that's that's a fair counter. But at the very least, at this point, it could be the it could be these other guy, candidates, or it could be Jesus. And it could Jesus be anything. Also has yeah,
1: that, not, that's not my anything. point. Yes, it I, almost it anything. You have you have yet to you have yet to narrow down what a life of the Gentiles actually has to be. And the reason you haven't narrowed it down is because you can't. It's very poetic language that doesn't mean anything specifically. It it
0: means bringing salvation to the ends of the earth, whatever. What was salvation to them? What did salvation mean to the Jews? doesn't matter. We, we have the Christian understanding of
1: salvation. Well, no. And, they didn't have the but, Christian understanding of salvation. What does salvation mean to them? If they're reading this prophecy, if they're hearing this prophecy for the first time, what does that mean? It doesn't mean the same thing to them as it means to you as a Christian. And you can't just overlay your Christian it, view on it. it.
0: No, but we, we can read in the context. We know what it meant for Jews. There's no doubt. It's establishing God's kingdom over all of the earth. Jesus claimed to do that, so yes, it's it's a wide, it's could be rather wide, um, but it, it is eliminative. It, Gandhi can't be considered under part of this. He wasn't Jewish. Um, well, so, Jesus wasn't of the house of David. Okay, so you want to? So you're interrupting me. So okay. Well,
1: no, I mean, I'm just trying to. You know, I I understand you threw you threw out my Gandhi, but I. I can Throw out your Jesus anytime. Okay, I'm, so, I'm actually being nice by holding back some of the arguments because okay. it's
0: not my turn to make the counter arguments, but I don't know so how good. else to have this conversation. Okay, good. So, okay, so we'll get into before I get into Zechariah and Jeremiah. So, yep, what David's doing here is valid. This is what he's doing in his, um, where the heck is it? Um, this is what he's doing. Uh, this is what okay here it is so this is what he's doing uh, in his blog and I said please uh, read the blog so how can you defeat my circumstantial argument um, there are at least three to four ways that I've thought of so um, the first one that I can think of is okay you you attack um, the positive indications as David sort of done that that either the, the prophecy as I'm interpreting it, under this minimal minimal requirements, uh, is wrong, or that somehow the fulfillment of that has been falsified. Um, the second way, which is what David's doing here, is by offering counter-messianic prophecies that apart from the prophecy we're talking about. so you know uh, it's another messianic prophecy that yeah you have to be of the house of david a son of david um and david's saying no jesus isn't um and i'm going to give him a chance to explain why because i've come up with a refutation of this um so and then the third way is once i've presented all of my case pretend i established this circumstantial argument um all you have to do is point and say look Uh, Here's another guy. Uh, It's not Jesus or bust. It's Jesus John or bust or Jesus Bob or bust Uh, you do that and my argument is destroyed on this circumstantial front. So, uh, in terms of the sons of David, um, so yeah, so what do you mean by that, David? Uh, Okay.
1: uh, Very simple. And this is uh, one of the things in the blog. I do encourage people to read the blogs at skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. Uh, Rabbi Simmons, uh, I brought up a blog post uh, from a rabbi who talks about these issues in detail and um, my side of the argument was let the Jews speak for themselves Uh, and so I brought up um, Rabbi uh, Shraga Simmons uh, in his article Why Jews Don't Believe in Jesus. The link uh, is in the um, uh, in the post. And uh, one of the things that he uh, mentioned is that uh, by the way Jews count it, Jesus was not uh, part of the line of David, at least not if you're tracing it uh, with the uh, the genealogy that you get in Matthew. Uh, and the reason is because Jesus does not have a male, uh, parent. And so he, uh, you know, you can say, well, but it, it goes through the female line. The Jews didn't trace it that way. And they would not have recognized Jesus' claim uh, as going through the female line. So I, I, I think I know how. Uh, what what Dale will say next? Because we have talked about this off off mic, so this is, we're not we're not mind readers. We've had some discussion, but I do want to let Dale just, speak for himself. He,
0: yeah, just just a heads up. It, my response is different because I did a little research.
1: Okay, was, that's that's fine. I will I will let you make your response because your last response wasn't very good. So, do you mind if I let people know what your last response is, just in case yeah. there's some thinking yeah. that? So Dale's response before was yeah, but he, he was he was adopted. By Joseph. And so it, being adopted was pretty much the same thing. And whereas I agree with Dale that uh, an adopted child had uh, the rights and privileges of a child, in this case, we're talking about prophecy where it's actually talking about the seed uh, uh, going down through the generations. That is not something that can be adopted. Uh, and so Jesus was not of the seed of David. Or if he was, there's there's no way to trace it via the the genealogies of uh, Matthew and Luke. So,
0: cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. So so yeah. So basically, David's. In a nutshell, he's saying, "Look, pretend I, Jesus is virgin-born. Right? He's in incarnation. He's not a son out of Joseph's loins biologically. So, therefore, via the way that ancient Jews counted inheritance through the male, not through the mother, uh, this disqualifies Jesus as being a son of, of David. This count this falsifies that uh, this counter prophecy falsifies that Jesus can be a messianic." Candidate, and I did um, look into this. So, here, here's the thing for, first of all. So, one thing that uh, David always does is he's always going to modern Judaism uh, as though that's representative of bib- what I call biblical Judaism. Um, and he's saying, "Look, the, the modern Jews don't don't accept this, so therefore we we should always just go with what they say." Um, so, in the first place, it's it's interesting that modern Jews actually you're not Jewish, you're you're considered Jewish through the female, not through the male. Um, so, if you want to go by modern Jews, uh, that supports me, but. Anyways, um, here, here's a quote just in general with the problem that I see with David's approach of, well, modern Jews reject this, so, you know, they're the authority on what these prophecies mean. So I'm, I'm quoting here Talmud professor Dr. Eliza Diamond. Um, he says, look, in the history of the Jewish people, he's... he's not a Christian, he's secular, right? So in the history of the Jewish people, the period of rabbinic Judaism was one of uh, incredible transformation. Uh, If an Israelite of the first temple period, 1586 BC were to be transported to the late second century AD, uh, he would find a form of Judaism almost unrecognizable to him in the place of the temple. He would find a course. So he's going on about uh, the differences. Um, so yeah that's that's the point just to cut it off is he would find a form of judaism completely unrecognizable to him rabbinic judaism of which modern judaism derives is not necessarily the same as biblical judaism um and i have a, a, J, a quote by jacob nusser who's a prolific scholar of judaism um he's saying much the same thing so it's 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 not the case that we should just go, well, modern Jews say this, say that their text means this, therefore that's the preferred default kind of thing compared to Christians who are the aberration. But how, how do I respond to this, this claim through the ancients? David is just wrong. It's not true that inheritance could not go through a woman. We actually have biblical examples where this happens in certain cases. For example, 1 Chronicles chapter two with uh, Shashan. Um, if, if, if you had no sons, this is also in in, uh, in the end of numbers on the inheritance laws as well. If you had no sons, the genealogy would pass through the daughter and, um, and the example in 1 Chronicles chapter two we know that this is the case because the daughter married an Egyptian man. Obviously, the inheritance or lines of descent would not pass through the father in that case. Um, so, we know that it passed through the daughter. So that there is ancient Jewish precedent in the Bible itself for inheritance and descent passing through the female, not uh, not the man. Um, so, so yeah, that... let me let me just cut in there because I'm not familiar
1: with. Uh the thing that you're mentioning so uh, I beg the right to read it and look yep. it up at some point but what I'm I I just want to make sure I understand the example that you're giving because I, I, I w- thought I was, I tried to be clear and I'm, I may not have been, I'm not saying that inheritance couldn't pass through the woman, I'm saying in the case of a particular prophecy it is talking about um it it is it is talking about the purity of the seminal line um this person will be the father of this person will be the father of this person uh and and that seems like a little bit different thing than you will get to take over my land and have my name you know you can get a you can get the birthright uh so i'm i'm not saying that they couldn't get a birthright
0: Uh, so that that is everything included in this is everything that you're talking about it's they didn't separate it like we do today in, in that sense it was all everything of the line of david was gone through the woman just as it is through the man in certain contexts and those contexts could have applied to Mary, and therefore Jesus would be considered under a Jewish understanding, a biblical Jewish understanding, uh, again, it, to, to look up what I'm saying, it's First Chronicles chapter 2, um, and yeah, it, it could pass through the woman. So the fact that Jesus is virgin-born and, and is not biologically a son of Joseph does not discredit him as being a son of David in the eyes of ancient Jews. Uh, That's that's the only point I wanted to establish there, but yeah, uh, okay. So 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 going on to Zechariah chapter twelve, verse ten, because I don't want to lose track of my positive case. So this is my uh, the next one that I wanted to do. And um, so Zechariah chapter twelve is basically I'll, I'll just read it. So and it shall come to pass in that day that I shall I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. And this is God speaking. And they shall mourn for for him. All of a sudden it changes. As our... As one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, uh, and in that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, uh, blah, blah, blah. But here's the key part. Yeah, so it's saying they shall look upon me who they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. Um so obviously the the application to Jesus, well, okay, yeah, so God is going to, in the full text of Zechariah, um, the context, so it's talking about the last days, obviously this hasn't happened yet, but God himself is going to come down onto the Mount of Olives, uh, split it in half, and in that day, you know, Jerusalem is going to be besieged by its enemies, um, and they're going to realize, it's almost like they're going to realize, oh my, Jesus is God, um, the one that was pier- that we pierced, he is Jesus, and they'll turn to him, uh, and then you know they'll be delivered in the last days. So, so obviously this is a f- a few. This is talking about something that hasn't happened yet, but there's indications in there that does speak about a past event, which makes Jesus a messianic candidate here. Um, be, you know who who is? What do you mean you pierced? God or who is this pierced one that's appearing um so that that's sort of yeah that that's my next um, positive argument okay, from can this I, can I can I weigh yeah. in on that yeah okay so first
1: I I can't really interact with this once again it's kind of frustrating because we're not talking about this this week we're waiting for next week to talk about this and this is part of I think next week's argument even though it, it seems like it's a different thing I don't think it is as different, uh, as the two chapters that follow but, um, but that said, um, so God, God says he will come down and they, you know, God is, God is being pierced and they will look upon him. So it, he, is he talking about himself in two different persons? The first person, and the second person, is he, uh, or the first person, and third person, is he, um, you know, you say you see Jesus here, but it seems to me that you can see God's representative here when when He says, "I will be pierced." Uh, well, that's that doesn't mean God, Yahweh Himself, Yahweh doesn't have any any flesh and blood to be pierced, uh, but His representative could. And so, once again, when you're when you're speaking representative language. You open the door to just about anybody then or any grouping of people. So who is, who is God's representative at that time? Well, the Jews would have understood themselves collectively as God's representative. So even though you're using singular pronouns, you would use that singular pronoun because it, it's fitting if God is saying, this is happening to me, but me being my representative, which is, which is legion.
0: Um, okay, so so no, in, in this case, I'm not I'm not sure how you see this as, as linked to next week's discussion. Maybe, maybe I'm just misunderstanding, but um, but yeah, no, no, uh, this had a clear messianic understanding. Um, how do we know? Because we have ancient Jewish sources in the Talmud. Uh, this comes from uh, Sukkah fifty five a. Okay, but I'm not arguing that it doesn't
1: have messianic. Um... It's, it's 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 name, right. I, I'm just saying that you are making um, a leap about who the who or what the Messiah is. So like simply, simply sure. on the basis of pronouns. And what I'm saying is the pronouns don't matter here uh, because it's clearly referring to God's representative on Earth, and God's representative on Earth could very properly and has very properly, I believe, uh, been uh, interpreted as the Jewish people who were the nation of priests, God's
0: representative on earth. Okay, so you're, you're saying the proper interpretation of him is the nation of Israel. Yes, the, the, the singularity of the pronoun is
1: irrelevant. This is, this is the main thing that I want to try to try to get out here and I I'm yes, certainly not alone in saying that I'm, I'm trying to suggest that this is speaking of God's representative on earth and God's representative on earth at that time was a plurality
0: okay um, so here's why you're wrong then and it, it's just obvious from reading the verse and, and this this is going to come into effect uh, when we do Isaiah 53 which is why I said just... this is related to next week <laughs> gotcha okay so yeah look uh, the house of David is looking upon this person who they have pierced and mourning for him. So under your reading, it's the house of David is looking upon uh, themselves who have been pierced and they shall mourn for themselves. Um, I, don't, I don't think that makes sense of what's going on, especially in the, the overall context, right? Through, throughout, it's always talking about God is going to be doing these things, uh, God the Father, um is how most Jews would would have understood this text, right? When he's talking about look upon me, that's God the Father they they're thinking, right? Um so yeah, this is speaking of an individual. This isn't talking about a group of people, uh the nation of Israel or the righteous remnant, but uh yeah, I guess I guess David's Correct. Then I, I see what you meant is, okay. Well, let, let's we're going to get into this hardcore next next time with Isaiah fifty three, uh, and let's see if I can destroy this notion that it's not speaking of an individual but a group of people. You can't. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> so. okay, we'll see. <laughs> um,
1: all right, now, so. by the way, I, I I just wanna I just want to let anyone know who has studied this carefully. I, I'm actually not married to the. Uh, to the theory. Uh, It could also be an individual. I, I actually don't mind making that admission. What I ultimately, we don't really know. I think that it makes best sense. Um, uh, as the nation of I- uh, Israel, I have read uh, lots of scholarly opinion on this. Uh, I used to believe exactly what Dale believes. So I don't I don't think that Dale is crazy in this matter. This is not a B- BSC issue. So, yeah, so just in this one narrow uh, area. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't. Um, I think that this is this is part of the challenge of talking about prophecy, though, that, you know, I come back to his frustration. You ultimately don't know what it meant. Neither one of us can uh, put a stake in the ground and, you know, fight and die on this hill as if we had some great insider knowledge because we don't. There you know, the knowledge ends at a certain point for everybody. And that's why there is so much debate on this stuff
0: sure uh yeah sure I, I i don't know if i would go as far as you i, I think we can know some things about it but certainly it, it goes without question that, that there are uh interpretive issues um you know it, it's not clear-cut I, I think when i started this you know it it takes hard work and determination to kind of wade through the, the various interpretations. That's why it's important to look at both sides, uh, see what the modern-day Jew rabbis interpret it as, see how the Christians interpret it, see, see how ancient Jews um, interpret it, and, and you know wrestle with the text as best you can to, to figure out yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not like it is in Sunday school. It's not a simple, straightforward, how dumb could the Jews be uh, type deal for sure. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah and going into oh one thing I wanted to say for, for Joyce's sake because uh, Joyce linked to in part one gave a good video that I, I highly recommend people check that out it, it, Michael L. Brown is far more eloquent than I am in terms of presenting the case for the Messiah and he, he does a much fuller, fuller case than I'm going to be able to do but wholly apart from this objective argument that I'm trying to establish and see how it goes um the Messianic prophecies are one of the, largely through the work of Michael L. Brown, are one of the reasons that I'm a Christian. That, now, when I studied Messianic prophecies, I realized I couldn't create a, an argument from fulfilled prophecy, but it was through studying these that I had a properly basic belief. This is one of the things that I included in the witness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that contributes to me becoming a a Christian. So if you want to call that a spiritual experience. um, And Michael L. Brown in in the video Joyce gives gives a great illustration of of a, a picture um, where an abstract picture or something you say oh I, I see I see a man with a beard or something and they're like no 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 it, it's actually a woman uh, it just tilt your head this way and oh all of a sudden it all makes sense you, you see you see the Messiah in that light or, or C.S. Lewis I think it was uh, put it in the sense of uh, I believe in the Sun not because I can see it directly but but through its light I, every, I see everything else um, so wholly apart from arguments on messianic prophecy, these are these were a powerful part of my own, you know, spiritual experience through the witness of the Holy Spirit. After going through these, um, this the messianic prophecies are a part of why I'm a Christian, uh, just on a subjective level, of wholly apart from argument. So hopefully, Tara appreciates that I'm providing that one. Uh, type of thing, spiritual experience, as she calls it. Um, but yeah, getting back into the argument proper then. Um, so, so yeah, our last one is Jeremiah 31 um, on the new covenant. So I don't think David is going to take an issue with my interpretation here so much, uh, though he, again, he's going into, well, is it Israel or is it a person or that, or or what, or sorry, no, what does it, I don't know no I don't think you talked about this yet so so yeah basically this is saying there's gonna be a new covenant not like the covenant that was made with their fathers talking about Moses Um, I will and in this part of this new covenant God will put the law within them and write it on their hearts Um, he will forgive their iniquities and remember their sins no more this sounds an awful lot like what Jesus claims. Um, does Jesus it? is a messianic. Yeah, it does. I, I know you're going to take issue with the law within them, but that, that is, well, I do have
1: the law. You know, remembering, uh, remembering their sins no more. Who does that refer to? Uh, all of the Jews? Because that hasn't happened. So, I mean, and that doesn't sound like the message of Jesus either. I mean, so I don't, we're going to get to timing to be sure, but the message of Jesus, I mean, this sounds like a, a, almost a universalist manifesto and Jesus was not a universalist. He was all about some people will go to
0: heaven and some people will go to hell. Perfect. So, so yeah, so David hits, hits the, the nail on the head there. So, yeah, this is the thing. With a lot of these props the way prophecy works in general, not just Messianic prophecies, but this is God's M.O. in the Old Testament, is prophecies will come into fulfillment in part, and then the rest is said to be fulfilled either later on or yet to be fulfilled, right? Because a lot of these prophecies deal with, oh, Israel, it's the end times. Israel is going to be the end of the age. You know, Israel, God is going to establish his kingdom once for all um and all this good stuff you know universal peace and all on all this stuff that hasn't happened yet but jesus is f- bringing this to fulfillment and we have the down payment so to speak because he fulfilled this in part my sins have been forgiven many Jews sins have been remembered no more by by god but, so will it, all of them they will in the end, in the end of the oh, days. So that's what I just want saying, to make sure because it's a theological
1: that's... message that you're you're making here, and I want to be clear. You believe that all Jews will be saved. Is that correct?
0: It's talking about in the
1: day of the Lord, the people that are will all Jews be saved. I'm I'm trying to trying to get no. a read on that. No. Okay, so doesn't this prophecy seem to suggest that all Jews will be saved, though? No. Well, maybe maybe I misread Oh, all the Jews
0: at, at what time? At the time the prophecy comes to its complete fulfillment.
1: So all Jews who were still alive at the time of the fulfillment will be saved. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that's what Zachariah seems
1: to be talking okay, about. So right? I just want to say that again because that's that's kind of a new wrinkle. So whenever the time of the fulfillment is, all Jews still standing will be saved. Okay, is, is that is that what you're saying?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, um, but it's still being fulfilled in part. We have Jews that are being saved today throughout history, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I get, I get with the future aspect. This is going to seem like it's unfair. Um, it it, it but, seems like
1: a heck of a prophecy, honestly, because you know you schmucks standing here today, not so much. And the schmucks throughout history, not so much. But whatever day is uh, that this prophecy is fulfilled, the guys who are standing around then, they're going to be saved. Who on earth cares? What? Uh, who cares about that?
0: Nobody would have cared about that. Well, apparently uh, the Jew, Jeremiah, did. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't, I, I don't think that's...
1: I don't know that even that's a, a fair interpretation. I guess it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't understand how that makes sense. So it, the fact that it does not make sense to me is not an argument. So I won't <laughs> quit making it. But I'm, um, I don't understand a prophecy that says... All the people alive at a particular day, which I will leave unspecified, they will be saved, but never mind the rest of the Jews. Sorry, I, I don't
0: buy it. Okay, um, well, uh, that, that doesn't make sense to me, actually, because... What about the people the Jews living at the time of Jeremiah? Obviously Jeremiah knows that not all the Jews are going to be saved. That can't be what he's talking about Why here. Why couldn't all the Jews be saved though? Because uh, they weren't. They were sinful. They were the Jeremiah. Jews standing
1: around in Jesus' day will also be uh, were sinful and whenever this this second coming of yours which I think will get to there will still be sinful Jews standing around. So I don't understand how right. that's right. different. Because they would repent, they would fulfill the new covenant requirements for salvation. Okay, then why wouldn't the dead Jews have a chance to repent?
0: Okay, so maybe some of them could be saved because you're getting into the fact that. I, I think it, I'm open to the fact that some people could be saved in the afterlife.
1: You I, have I, made this argument on air, so it it's, yeah, so it so seems it's so to fine, me that but, I don't I don't understand your sudden limitation okay. of saying, okay. "Well, only the Jews who are alive on that day will certainly be saved." If the, the prophecy seems to be saying that all of the House of Israel is is going to be saved, that's not my reading of it. Okay, that's well, th- this is this is part of the problem with prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Okay. Okay, but so so look, I could just say, okay, great, fine. Uh, all the all the Jews will be saved in the afterlife, then, if, if if that's the case. However, I think the Bible makes it clear that it's not the case that all Jews will be saved. Some are the Pharisees are going to be damned. Sure.
1: Okay. Um, just just I, certain Jews on a particular day will be saved. Well, that's a that's a. Piss poor, stupid, ridiculous, BSC prophecy. It doesn't mean
0: anything. Uh, No, but it's also about the new covenant. That's that's the important part that I'm trying to say that Jesus. What other messianic candidates claim they brought in a new covenant? Um, None that I'm aware of. When did Jesus claim to bring in a new covenant? In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Wait,
1: wait, wait! wait. You're being general. I I want to get to the I want to get to the specific claim that you're talking about. I'm not I'm not saying that there is no claim, but I don't. You're just saying that Jesus claimed to bring in a new covenant. I'm trying to zero in on what you're what you mean. What What are you
0: thinking about? Jesus brought in a new covenant.
1: No no no. Okay, you're just preaching Christian doctrine. When did Jesus say, no, but "I'm doing do. a new covenant now"?
0: No, I'm not I'm not going to play that game. That, How is that a game? Pro- because I don't need to prove historically that Jesus taught that he is bringing in a new covenant or something like that even if i could do that um it's irrelevant all i need to do is say the christian jesus this is a claim about the christian jesus it's an it's unfalsified claim i mean obviously it happened we have the new testament um but i I, again i don't need to prove it as long as it's an unfalsified if jesus but who's who's making the claim though doesn't matter. Well, Christ- yes,
1: it does. <laughs> who claims that Jesus brought in a new covenant? I think Christians. that's kind of important. Because mm-hmm. I can claim
0: that some other Jew brought in a new covenant. That's not important for my argument, though, right? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Sorry. You said some other Jew brought in a new covenant. Sure. Okay. Uh, name him. And once, once I complete my case, name this person who brought in a new covenant and did everything... Everything else that I'm trying to establish. Okay, and
1: but I'm just, I'm trying to establish that you're not really establishing anything. You, these are these are just general platitudes. Like, for instance, light to the Gentiles. Is it? What does this even mean? So he brought in a new covenant. I, I ask you to give me what are you, What are you thinking about? You're just saying, well, Christians say saves brought in a covenant. Well, Jews don't say that. So I think it does matter who's saying that he brought a new covenant. If now your argument would make more sense to me, and I would be able to inter- interact with it a little bit better, if you were saying, Jesus said that he was going to bring in a new covenant, and this is where he said it. That way, at least you would be able to establish, at least he made the claim. It's, it wouldn't establish that he actually did it, but you would at least be able to establish that that was a part of the claim of, of Jesus as Messiah, and I'm, j- I'm just trying to rack my brain to help you out a little bit in this argument and try to think of when Jesus made that claim. Because when, when, um, when, when people came to Jesus and asked, what uh, should we do? He told them to fulfill the law.
0: Okay. But do,
1: so, so I'm, but I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to think of what you're talking about when you're saying that Jesus brought in a new covenant yeah, and, as a part of the claim. Off.
0: You're trying to get it off track. Look, I can quote Dale Allison. There's pros and cons on this. Jesus also is claimed to, by your modern Jews, these infallible guides of understanding the Bible. They say he abolished the law, right? Because Jesus didn't follow the Sabbath laws. He he broke it or fulfilled them, I would say, uh, in letting his disciples eat on the Sabbath day or, or that sort of thing. So there, there are verses on either side. But the point is...
1: Well, I I mean, I would say that he interpreted them uh, and he had his own interpretations of them. I think Mm -hmm. that Jews have been interpreting the Sabbath laws um, since the Sabbath laws were around. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus even made the point, do you not uh, realize what David did uh, when, you know, when David was... You know, running yeah, from exactly. Absalom and so forth, I mean, when they went, and his men were hungry, and they ate yep. the sacred bread and so forth. Well, yep. David wasn't establishing a new law; he was desperate and hungry, and God chose not to kill him. I don't. Uh, so I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that David established a new law simply because Jesus had some unique interpretations of the Sabbath that others in his time didn't share. It doesn't mean he established a new law, and I don't see this place, at least in my mind right now, I mean, I'm, I really am trying to help you with this argument, where Jesus made any claim of establishing a new law.
0: Did, did uh, Jesus, Do Christians claim that there is a new covenant? Let's start there. Sure, Christians do. Okay. Great. Uh, when did this new covenant take effect?
1: Uh, you'll have to ask a Christian. Because they're the only ones who claim it.
0: Okay, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you, it came in effect with Jesus. Jesus initiated the new covenant. So that's that's the unfalsified claim. It's totally uncontroversial. Um, okay, well, I, I think it's that. controversial for
1: the point that you have been trying to make so far. Uh, now, it, it sounds like you may be changing horses and trying to make a, a different point, but you're... you're you're reading this passage in Jeremiah and you're talking about someone who's going to bring in a new covenant and that this must be talking about Jesus. Uh, you know, if, if we can for a moment, uh, trade the word covenant for a new world order or a new religious view, lots of people have brought in new covenants. Sure. Uh, so I just, I just, yeah, I, again that, I don't I you 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 speak of this as if this is clearly talking about Jesus and, like, and I don't see Jesus in this at all but it, the no, way no. you're reading it it can be anybody this could okay, be anything
0: yeah so on on that front that could be a fair point but it, it stopped it can't be anybody so for for example it could be modern Jew, rabbinic Judaism could be considered a new covenant right because that remember that quote I gave from Eliza Diamond sure. Um, I, I take it you wouldn't disagree with him um, Well, I so wouldn't, so I wouldn't wait, disagree with the so quote modern, modern Jews could could have made an unfalsified claim and say oh, we're bringing the new covenant like Jeremiah 31. They didn't make that claim. They could have Neither did that Jesus.
1: Happened. But I'm making the claim for them. Now the that, that fits with your argument, doesn't it? I've made the claim D- Does that count?
0: Uh, okay. Um, so, like I said, sure. it could be a, sure. it
1: could be just about anybody. It's okay, it's sure. a very yeah. non-specific claim, and the more we talk about it, the more nonspecific specific no. it gets.
0: No, nope, that's that's fine. That's it's. I'm not changing. This is always what I, been what I said. Let's pretend you're you're the Jewish. First of all, you, you could be. Um, falsified in your claim to be the Messiah based on some of the other things we've said. I'm not but
1: saying that I am the Messiah. I am saying that I am claiming that others have brought in a new covenant. Now, they don't have to have claimed that they brought in a new covenant. Who cares what they claim? Because you don't care what Jesus claimed. You're saying his followers okay. said he brought in a new covenant. So I can
0: say that someone brought in a new covenant. It's cool. just as, just as cool. valid. Yeah, cool. It, that's absolutely right. So that's why you got to wait and put everything combined. And let's see if uh, you can come up with a candidate.
1: All right, fine. Well, I'm not going to wait for uh, the five week series to be over to push back on some of this stuff. I don't think the audience uh, wants that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to play that game. So I'm going to have to do some of the pushback as you're making the claims. Um, And so I I
0: think I'm fair to do that. (laughs) Yeah, like like I said, didn't I? I agreed with you that that's. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to push back. You're absolutely right. Okay, fine. A new covenant. You could you could say you're, the Jewish Messiah fulfilling this, or or you can claim that, uh, Eliza Diamond maybe he's the Jewish Messiah and he's bringing in this new covenant. Um, Okay, then we can look and, and see if that's falsified or not. Um, but yeah, it's so
1: it I know that week at. four is going to be uh, about timing, and so I don't I don't want to step on that too much. But it, so if I can make a suggestion, let's let's get down to let's let's continue with this Jeremiah passage because I think that this gets. To the heart of a lot of my objection, and also to the heart of a lot of your arguments. So, I, I want to continue down that, and so that people get a get a more fuller look at what this looks like. So, go if you can continue your
0: reading. Oh, well, i finished on Jeremiah. I thought we covered because your your main argument, as I see it, is you're taking issues issue with the partial fulfillment. It's, in, it's, that's, that's been,
1: right. And yeah. uh, it's the partial fulfillment. So if you would, it, do you still have that in front of you? Because I don't plan to read on this podcast ever again. So I would like, uh, I would like you to, uh, Same.
0: yeah. Okay. I, I, I want that reading front and center right, right here. So behold, the days are coming. Meaning Jeremiah didn't think this had already come to pass, but they're coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them uh, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, uh, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. Stop. No. I will put my law within them what does that mean it's so it's the sp- fulfilling the it Jesus fulfilled the law and it's the Holy Spirit dwells within us so he fulfilled wait. wait, wait. so
1: I, I just want to be specific here so I will put my law within them means the Holy Spirit
0: Jesus is uh, the Torah is is been fulfilled and it's now written within our hearts. We fulfill the spiritual intent that the law was given to the Jews in the first place.
1: Okay, well, that's an interesting interpretation, but I uh, I don't see that in this reading because not everyone has uh, the Holy Spirit, quote unquote, or you know has you know this is this is not a universal. Thing here, and this, what is what's being said here? Once again, sounds very universal, not just to some select group of people. I'm, but here's here's why I think it's universal. So keep reading from there.
0: Okay, uh, so I was just going to ask though about, uh, but it's it's important it's
1: important to get the the next bit of this.
0: And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me.
1: Right, okay. So again, right here, um, it sounds like it's talking about the same time frame as the sentence before that. But we do not have any situation where no longer does brother need to teach his neighbor and that everybody knows that he's God. That's not true even among Christians. Yeah. So if, if you say that one, one piece of that has been fulfilled but not the other, I think that you're treating that passage incorrectly because that passage gives you th- the same time frame for both things. Uh, and what we can say with certainty is that, that hasn't happened. Nobody fulfills that, Uh, but there's 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 a little bit more to that uh, too, and you know I don't know if it's this passage or another passage that talks about beating swords and plowshares and lions laying down with um, deer and that sort of thing. Once again, don't don't actually even know what that means, but it hasn't happened. (laughs) <laughs> and and right. we, don't, we don't see any indication of it about to happen. And it's all said within the same time frame of prophecy. So it's not like, well, a piece of this will be fulfilled now, and a piece of it will be fulfilled in a 1,000 years from now, and then another piece will be fulfilled 3,000 years from now. He's describing what the time looks like when the prophecy is fulfilled, period. And the time does not look like that.
0: So no, that's that's you not reading the text in a proper ancient Jewish way. No, no problem. Go okay. ahead and correct me uh,
1: yep.
0: and show me show me where I'm wrong. So in the first in the first place, about it all being all the Jews. Obviously, that behold the days are coming, meaning they haven't already come or they they are not in the past. So obviously, Jews that had died before Jeremiah made this prophecy would not have been included uh, in this. You know, they'll all know me and and that sort of thing. So that that part doesn't make sense. But as for the partial. Um, fulfillment. As I said, this is established. Biblical scholars on both sides, they all recognize that this is the way it works. Um, you know, there is this partial fulfillment. It's called prophetic telescoping, right? So there's the partial I'm fulfillment. I'm familiar with the term. I am, I don't buy it.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that's, what what, that's fine, what you I... mean by prophetic telescoping, just so the audience understands, is, oh, well, this it, it, this prophecy says this thing, and it seems like this person fulfilled the first part of it, but not the second part. But we don't have to say that that person doesn't fulfill the prophecy. It's just that the. The rest of it hasn't been fulfilled. Stay tuned. This person is the fulfillment of the prophecy. He's just the fulfillment of the first piece of it. So in that way, you never have to admit that your prophecy failed. Because you can always just kick it down the road a little bit for the rest of the telescope.
0: Sure. Um, And let me sort of support David here, but also clarify, because... Look, the the point that David's making isn't relevant for my argument. He he doesn't realize this, but this is the issue that he... This is one of the strains. This is why I don't think I can establish uh, an argument from fulfilled prophecy proper. Like these techniques, prophetic telescoping or double fulfillment and, and these sort of things, do, to the mind of a skeptic, even to my mind, appear... Ad hoc or strained at times, and that's why I don't try to make an argument from fulfilled messianic prophecy proper. Um, but with my circumstantial argument, that's entirely beside the point. Look, we, we have this unfalsified claim, and this isn't just me, this has been from ancient times. I, I, I didn't look this up, so I can't, I can't uh, give the reference, but there, there is an ancient Jewish. Uh, thing in the time of Jesus around the early second century, where some Greek is mocking the Jews, saying, "Where, where's your Messiah? He was supposed to come before the destruction of the Second Temple, and and all this and this stuff, right?" So, how does how does uh, the Jew respond? And he he takes three lengths of rope, and he says, "Look, there. Uh, first, we had the time of Adam or Noah. So the time from Adam up to Moses. This is." It, they think in terms of eras or ages, not dispensationalists. Oh, there's there's a day of judgment at the end of the world, and that's it. They no. So there's that era of that. Then there's the era two thousand years of the era of Torah. So uh, each of the ropes, the three ropes, represents two thousand years an era. Now we're in the Messianic era thinking it's 2,000 years or whatever, right? Um, so it, that started right before the Second Temple came, right when it was supposed to, and it's going to be ushered in. Christians say the exact same thing. The only difference is they say, no, but the Messiah actually came. It wasn't just the Messianic era was inaugurated before the Second Temple. It was the Messiah came in the first coming and initiated the Messianic era, and he'll come at the end of the Messianic era with the second coming. So. This this is precedented in ancient Jewish understandings. It's it's not, we take it. Oh, the the day of the Lord refers to a specific day when Jesus will come. No, in ancient in the biblical understanding, it's referring to an era. We're in the messianic era that was initiated with Jesus' first coming. And, and will end whenever. It doesn't have to be 2,000 years. That was just the ancient Jewish let me
1: Let me just cut in here because I, sure. I think you failed to see my objection, or at least all of it. I'm yeah. not saying that the Jews have not used these tools for thousands of years. Okay. It's all BS. Uh, everyone right. who, has, who uses prophecy has some kind of get-out-of-jail-free card uh, that allows them to say, oh, no, we weren't wrong. Uh, okay. And that's all I'm saying. This is this is yep. just one of those tools, one of those get-out-of-jail-free cards that people have been using for a long time so that mm-hmm. they can say we're not wrong. But the, the skeptical, I would say the rational person looking at how this is parsed by the people presenting these prophe- prophecies should be out at this point uh, and, and recognize the game that's being played. This is, this is not an honest game. It's not a scientific endeavor. It's not even uh, trying to read the literature accurately. If you're reading the literature, they envisioned a thing that didn't happen, period, close the book. Now, you can say all you want. Ah, oh, but it's going to. Pieces of this happened, but it's going to. It'll happen. Give it another. You know, in the, in the, uh, you know, the, the indefinite course of time, uh, everything's going to happen. Well, if that's what you mean by fulfilled prophecy, I don't want to have the other three weeks.
0: Okay, It's great. ridiculous. So, so, understand my argument then. My argument's different, right? You're saying, take the bust option, Jesus or bust. This is the circumstantial argument that I'm making. You're saying the skeptic should go for the bust. As a Christian, I would obviously say, no, take the Jesus option, doesn't, doesn't matter. Which the the circumstance that I'm basing my argument is, is the fact that we have to go Jesus or bust.
1: No, but we're not, getting, we're not even going to be able to talk about that until week four when we talk about the timing. Because all I have to do to defeat uh, Jesus or bust is say, but he hasn't come yet. And by the way, that's what the Jews say, whether they're thinking about a he or a the Jewish nation. They simply say it hasn't come yet. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's nothing to suggest that all of these things can't be fulfilled 2,000 years from now. Now, you think that there are some things that keep it from being fulfilled 2,000 years from now, but yeah. we're not going to get to that until week four.
0: Yeah. So, exactly. I don't so, so that's, you know. That's a good point, David. <laughs> David. Again, that's the third, the final way to refute my argument is pretend I don't have this timing element, then... Bada boom, bada bing. David can just say, "Well, it's a some future Jew. This is what the, the modern day Jews do." And my art, I couldn't establish. It would be Jesus, unlimited number of future Jews, or bust. My argument would fail. I'm trying to get it. No, just Jesus or bust. Those are the only two options. Right. And all
1: I'm saying is, you have not said anything so far that yep. gets us there.
0: Sure. Yeah. Because there are there are future. Unlimited number of future potential candidates. So, so yeah, I, I will agree that I haven't gotten you thus there thus far. But when we get to part four, that's going to be my attempt to show the Messiah had to come at least in part before the second uh, temple was destroyed. So yeah, um, yeah. Are you have. I think I've covered.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, sure. That's fine. I think I think we've covered all of it we can cover today and not bleed into. Uh, future weeks, and by the way, just just you know, for the person following along here, I actually don't care if you claim victory on your argument if the answer is bust because I still I still contend couldn't have been Jesus in fact I think I've already made enough argument right now to say well it couldn't have been Jesus I actually don't care whether you whether it's bust <laughs> I think it's but, bust anyway I think it's, it's I think I, it's I,
0: prophetic nonsense okay, so let me ask this then because I think this will be interesting for the audience but uh, I get that right now you lean towards the bust but what I'm trying to say is, well, I've I'm made a case now,
1: that gets that gets us there. I think my case for bust is better than your case for Jesus. I'm I'm not I'm not saying, well, you know, I dismissed it and waved my arms, and so no. I I think in, to the extent that we can make cases in this format, right now, I've made more of a case for bust than you have for
0: Jesus. Okay, um, but my case will be if if i can establish to your satisfaction that it is in fact jesus or bust wouldn't that would that circumstance in and of itself do anything to push you in the direction of the jesus as opposed to the bust option or is it just like is is my argument do, do you find the fact that i can establish it's jesus or bust does that signify anything to you or is that just meaningless? Oh, it's just a coincidence. It, it just happens to be that it's Jesus. No, it's,
1: was, me- it's meaningless, Jesus. but I, it's, okay. I appreciate the question. Let me, let me try to answer why I think it's meaningless okay. because it may not be meaningless to some of the audience. So, but, uh, let's say, uh, that the Christians were familiar with, um, messianic prophecy. And the Christians, who, by the way, were Jews, even though they weren't necessarily Orthodox Jews. By the way, the the, thing, the, the quote that you read about modern Jews being different than yeah. uh, ancient Jews, that could have been read in Jesus' time, because those Jews were different than the Jews of Moses' time. So, th- that, that's... Um, and that, that was
0: my my point is we can we can't just blindly say oh well the jew, the modern day jews their interpretation so there, must there's be real. no
1: there's no monolithic jew here yeah. um, so uh, so yeah you can say that some jews had a, a an idea of messianic prophecy and they were motivated to come up with some story that showed the prophecies fulfilled, as opposed to showing them being a bunch of bunk. So they wrote a story and made up some things that uh, makes it look like um, it was fulfilled by someone. Now, we can say that. I don't have to prove it. But we can for for this Point here. We, we can just say that that is the case, and that they were the only people in history who were motivated to see the prophecy fulfilled in that way. Well, just because they were the only ones motivated to make up the right story and fulfill the prophecy in that way, and you know, let's call our prophecy fulfiller Jesus, that doesn't—that's not particularly interesting to me because I can take any ancient prophecy that you say hasn't been fulfilled, and I can make a make up a story. And show that it's been fulfilled, and I might be the only person uh, who took the time to make sure that that prophecy was fulfilled in that way. Well, that doesn't—that's not miraculous. I'm just the only one who took the who cared about that bit of literature, or who had that particular religious uh, idea, and and created a fulfillment. So, no, right. there's nothing miraculous about Jesus being the only one who fulfills that prophecy if he turns out to be the case. I don't actually think that's the case. But if you were right, mm. and Jesus is the only one who could fulfill that prophecy,
0: that's, not, that's still not very interesting. Okay, so let me say, say this, because I'll, I'll give you an advance on what my conclusion, when, when I finish all of this, I, I was going to write a conclusion not when we finished the five parts. And what I was going to say is, um, assuming my case uh, was successful, was going to say, look, at, at the end of the day, I think all I've proven is that we have a good structural foundation for an argument for a G-Belief authenticating event. but given obviously the obvious limitations of doing a podcast having to select certain things um all i've done is proven that there needs to be a fuller investigation because you do need to look at all of the counter it's not enough just to select certain ones or certain counter prophecies that that's not enough for a full understanding this is just going to be a start um and then you need to branch out and do all of the investigation and then once you have actually established the Messiah has to do these certain things um, and there are no counter prophecies against him being a messianic candidate and um, none of the claims are are falsified that he is the Messiah in terms of fulfilling them and there's nobody else. It's not Jesus, Bob or bust, Jesus, John or bust. It's just Jesus or bust. Then you have a chance. So I, I already know, even when I get to the the end of this, it, it's not going to be satisfactory to say, I've got a G-Belief authenticating event. But what I'm hoping to do is establish, look, we have a foundation here. There's something here that requires maybe more research. And uh, that that's going to be my, my end hope. Sorry to give my conclusion before I even get there. But that that's what I'm thinking. That, that's where I'm leaning to try to establish. That's what I think I'm going to be able to do.
1: Okay. Well, um that's fine. I I think we could jump straight to the conclusion and say we need to do more research, but the, the research that you've given me so far. And once again, I just want to, I want the audience, I'm not, I'm talking around you right now. Okay. I okay. want the audience to understand that I am not dismissing uh, anything that Dale has said out of hand. I have looked at the things that Dale has said. I have, presented counters to the things that Dale has said to the extent that this format will allow. I, you know, I, I will present more counters fully in, in the week that I have to do that. And so I will, I've, I've tried to present some pushback and counters to the claims up front. Um, and I don't think that Dale has, in fact, um, dealt with those yet to make me go back to the drawing board because i i think that already you know i i have hinted at a couple of places where jesus could not possibly be the guy um and, and if you interpret that you know in a in a you know a certain certain kind of way then yeah you can say well Jesus is the guy but that's when i jump in and say well then if jesus can be the guy anybody can be the guy um, and that prophecy is too nonspecific to mean anything. So, but I think that we will be able to to round this off a little bit better in week four when Dale gets into the the part where he says, "Ah, but it couldn't be any future uh, people because the timing precludes that possibility." And so, I will not try to make that counter argument until Dale makes
0: an argument. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I know you don't. Uh, you you like it all at once kind of thing, but just yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue against a point that hasn't been made.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I appreciate that, but it's yeah. There's just I don't see any way around it when you have when there's just so much to like. There's no way I could do a, a thing in one. Thing and do it justice. Um,
1: I, I get it. So I mean, we're 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 doing the best we can. I think that uh, the people who are following along ap- appreciate what they see. Just you know, just understand why some of my responses look the way they do. Um, I can't I can't get into you know. There's only so much of countering arguments that haven't been made that I that I'm willing
0: to do. Well, um, let me say that. Would you like? I, I wanted to do Isaiah fifty three, um, but. Would you prefer that I just skip that and just go into the dating, the, the timing, and then you can do the counters, like reduce it to four then? Or?
1: Well, you know, Isaiah 53 is such an important
0: uh, yeah, that's, piece, that's... though, isn't it? I mean, I think
1: that if we did that, and maybe we can hear from the listeners a little bit, um, but, yes. I, you know, I think that anyone who cares about this series would say, but you missed the big one. I know, I know, right? <laughs> so, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't think that we can do that. but just understand why we're playing footsie with the quote unquote big one. It still is not going to advance the point. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're we're going to end next week exactly where we're ending this week, uh, waiting for week four. So that's the that's the frustration there. Um, You know, we can talk about whether it means a singular person or a plural person until we're blue in the face. It still doesn't get you to Jesus.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to be saying it gives you a, a resurrection of an individual, uh, of the Messiah. Um, so, like a death and resurrection. So, that, that adds a new layer. It
1: does. It doesn't add the layer, as, as big a layer as you think, though, because some Jews Future. believed in resurrection and other Jews didn't. And so, they, what a lot of them called resurrection, we would call reincarnation. So, you remember uh, Jesus, they thought he was um, Elijah. Uh, come back from the dead or uh, yes. John the Baptist or, you know, they, so they would have been, they would have been fine with those types of explanations. Um, no. So, well, uh, I mean, you wouldn't okay. be, you wouldn't be fine with it, but I think they would have. So the, the fact of the matter is um, I don't, I don't think resurrection gets you as far down on
0: the, the road as you think that it will. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, Read the blogs, folks. Uh, Don't don't ignore that. There's a lot of stuff. Our best stuff is in the blogs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This this stuff, the audio is just me and David, tiredly on a Saturday morning, saying stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I'm gonna say uh, have a have a great week, and we'll uh, we'll we'll come back and tackle. Isaiah fifty three. It's not. The, it's not the part that's most interesting to me. I actually think today's discussion is more interesting than tomorrow. Uh, than next week's discussion will be. Um, I just. I think that a lot of people think that Isaiah fifty three gives them a lot more mileage than it does. And so, mostly, my time next week will be pointing out. Yeah, that could. That could mean this other three things as well. And also pointing out the, the, I mean, here's a preview. I I will give you the balance of scholarship uh, where most Jews are and many Christians are uh, who would interpret it very differently from the way Dale seems to be prepared to interpret it right now. So Dale wants to present you a case that looks like, oh, no, this is is clearly what this meant. And even today, uh, even among Christians,
0: it is not clearly what that meant. All right, cool. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, Uh, ciao. All right, have a great day, everyone.